Okay, Jess, before we start the episode, I'm going to go run to the bathroom like I do before every episode. Uh, Okay. If any celebrities (laughs) or mythical creatures come by, make sure to tell them to stick around (laughs) until I'm out of the bathroom, okay? Will do. Uh, Okay. Just let me know. Okay. I have my phone with me, so text me. Okay. Hey, what's up? Hey. hey. Oh, oh. Hey. Uh, uh, hold on. Um. What? Oh. Mr. Oh, well, I. Uh. Well, you seriously don't know me? You don't know me? I thought you were part of my EST. I thought you were part of my EST. I don't. I it's don't, me. It's MKG. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's MGK. It's me. It's MGK. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. I heard you're a big I fan didn't... of me now. <laughs> I heard you're a big fan of me now. What's up? Danny, come back from the bathroom. Quick, Michigan Kelly is here. I don't know why you're yelling. <laughs> I just stopped by. This is Sadie Hawkins pod, right? Yeah, yeah, this is it Hawkins is. Thanks. Pod? Thanks for coming on. So I heard. Hang on, I, heard... I, just, I just need to text my co-host real quick. You don't need to worry about that, girl. Oh. You don't need to worry about that. Okay. I just heard you guys are going to be talking about my new my, this song from my new album. I heard you're going to be talking about my ex's best friend. Maybe you saw it in my smash hit film, Downfalls High. We we did. We did, as a matter of fact. I, I just have one question. What's it like dating Megan Fox? Is she a skeevy in real life? You don't got to worry about that, girl. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. <sighs> Why I is there pink glitter everywhere? What did I miss? <laughs> Danny, I called after you. I texted you. I run the sink when I'm in the bathroom so no one can hear anything. <laughs> I know you texted me, but I had it on Do Not Disturb because I was ripping YouTube videos on my phone. <sighs> I missed Machine Gun Kelly. Superstar. Gangster from the 1920s. I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> Is that what? I don't know. Anyway. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not who showed up, but you you were correct. Oh, okay. Did you ask him about Megan Fox? Is she as skeevy as she seems in real life? I asked, and he just said, you don't got to worry about that girl. What? What did he say? What did you say? <laughs> Let's not worry about that. <laughs> You're taking the bit a little too far, Dan. I know. What if what if what if I broke up with you and then you went off to date Machine Gun Kelly and then we could sing this week's song about me being upset that you're with Machine Gun Kelly? I don't think that's what the song's about. I think it would be Machine Gun Kelly would be singing about you, hon. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He could never write a song as good as my girl's ex-boyfriend. I mean, it's true. We did watch Downfalls High, and well, <laughs> I enjoyed the music far more than I thought I was going to, it's to be so perfectly honest. <laughs> um, I was just like, wow, these lyrics? Not great. <laughs> right. Definitely have their audience. That's maybe not me, but I, I did weirdly enjoy the music. I was tapping my toes and... <laughs> He was like, what's going on? And then she just went to his website just to like learn a little bit more about him because she really had no idea about Machine Gun Kelly. I'm only mm-hmm. vaguely familiar because of his 
connections to Blink-182. And, I and kept Travis calling Barker. him Post Malone, so <laughs> who's a different person, but right. like in my mind, they were the same person. But she was on the Machine Gun Kelly official website, and she's like looking at the merch, and I'm like, are you going to buy Machine Gun Kelly merch? And no, like, it's no. just the way the website is laid out. Like you just go to <laughs> MachineGunKelly.com or whatever, and like you scroll through, and it's like a Squarespace page where it's just like, the top's like, oh, here's some info, and then here, bought, like pre-order my merch. And then here's some videos down here. Right. It's like, no, I'm not buying Machine Gun Kelly merch. Good. Well, <laughs> there is, he does have a song called My Ex's Best Friend. And it did come up this week in searches. Coincidentally, the same week that we watched his little movie. <laughs> and I introduced you to his music, <laughs> of which I was vaguely familiar. But anyway... Danny was so disgusted because after like a few minutes, I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. And Danny was like, oh, what? And I'm like, but he's also like standing next to Travis Barker, who like 2005 Jessica thought was cute as well. So clearly I have a couple types and one is that. Right. Whatever that is. It's just like me. Exactly. I'm exactly that type. You're- <laughs> Got a criminal record. <laughs> got tats. All the tats. Yeah. So here we go. We got... <laughs> here we go. I don't know. Yeah, you, you started... I started the, the speaker. Uh, we got a new speaker. experiment in terms of how we do this podcast. Because in the past, I would play things on my phone and the lousy speaker built into the phone. And then we'd have to cut the audio in and post. Well, now we have... Jessica bought me a Bluetooth speaker and we put it right up underneath the microphone so i'm hoping that we can actually talk over the music and not have to do all this post editing all this post malone editing so (laughs) top of the show business and we're a little off tonight because it's not tonight it's this morning good morning jessica good morning how are you this is gonna be the we're i don't care i'm just mentioning it we're recording this the morning that it's coming out (laughs) it's gonna we're gonna record this and then you're gonna hear it and it's gonna have been within minutes like if you hear this the day it comes out we're having breakfast right now so anyway we have voicemails from david catch so that's our talk of the show business i thought we were gonna go on about machine gun kelly and i was gonna tell you that (laughs) during the prohibition era of the 20s and 30s kelly worked as a bootlegger for himself as well as a colleague and i must say he looks good for his age i get it (laughs) um here is David's voicemail. Hi, Danny and Jess. This is David Catch or David Devon, whichever one you want to use. Um, I'm catching up on the episode and I'm on Gloria and I had to pause, pause the episode real quick because Beatrice mentions Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I love that movie so much that I had to pause it, pause the episode um, to tell you how much I love that movie. I would, defend that movie with my life. I remember there was one year, uh, I believe the year was 2011, that I watched that movie every single Monday of that year. That I, That's how much I love the movie. Anyways, I'm going to continue to listen to the episode, and uh, maybe there's more stuff that'll come up. Oh, by the way, do you think, and you can put this on the podcast if you want to, or leave it out. Um, but do you think the part where that they're at Lee's Palace and Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah, says, uh, I have to pee on her? 
You think that's a R. Kelly reference? Okay, bye. I don't remember that scene. I guess I'll have to watch it again. I feel like it probably is. It probably is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, I don't. I'm wondering if David has had moments where he actually had to defend Scott Pilgrim strongly because it seems like that's a pretty beloved movie. I mean, yeah. it's like a cult movie in which, like, maybe there are lots of people who don't know it. Sure. But like, are there people who actively hate it? Like, I'm sure that I know the criticisms of what a bad character Scott Pilgrim is, both in the comic and in the movie. But that's kind of the point of those books. And so it's a matter of and the movie. So it's kind of a matter of do you understand that he's not like supposed he's not really a sympathetic character. Mm Kind of like the characters in Downfalls High. (laughs) 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 But there is a thing where it's like, you know people know when a when a when a protagonist is not sympathetic if they're like a badass anti-hero but if they're just a normal person that's presented to you like they're supposed to be sympathetic but they're actually not that's part of the sometimes part of the art part of the story part of the thing where you are presented with a character like breaking bad like breaking bad is presenting you with walter white and all of the filmmaking techniques are supposed to say, this is your hero. This is the guy you sympathize with. But you're supposed to actually realize that that's a bad choice. Or like 50, 500 Days of Summer. Like 500 Days of Summer, is he's actually not a reliable narrator to what's going on. Um, and even uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has said as much in recent yeah. years. It's like he's not supposed to be a really likable character. He's the character you follow and are supposed to question the points of views that he has. So, pretty sure you you thought he was a a really a no. really likable, relatable character. I'm pretty sure when we saw that movie, no. you did feel that way. No, I didn't say he was we, a like. We saw that movie nope. on our honeymoon, which was an it. awkward time to watch that movie. We talked about it, <laughs> but no, I didn't say I like that character. I just said that the scenes after he is broken up with are one of the most accurate depictions of what it's like to be broken up with, which is so apropos of the song we're talking about this I was just about week. to say that, <laughs> that, you know, 500 Days of Summer is your, like, typical pop punk song, your typical, like, way of looking at females in from the pop punk view. Yeah, like, she broke up with me, what a B Exactly. Word. And then you have... My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend, which is a song that is about how blessed the singer feels to have this particular girl in his life. Right. Yeah, I guess I never... So I'm not not crazy about this song. Like, I obviously understand that, you know, the thing is we talk about this song once in a while because it relates in some ways to our actual story as a couple. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, like it's a pretty cheesy song right off the bat. And speaking of David, (gasps) speaking of David catch, like he told us that this is his most hated song in a previous episode. And I understood what he meant by that. You know what I mean? Not that I hate this song, but it is like one of the most cheesy songs around. This is like, I would think, I think that this is probably the mood rings or the Marilyn Manson "Ate My Girlfriend" of this album. But it's not problematic. It's not problematic. Like you just named you two have to... problematic songs. Correct. One, one being very catchy, and the other just being kind of like, oh. Correct. You could dig deep to find problems in it, 
but they're not surface level problems like with mood rings and Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend. Like you could dig deep and get real legalistic about like gender roles and stuff and, and pull out like a problem from this, but you'd have to work to do that. Do you think that when, when I'm not saying if I'm saying when Reliant K goes back on tour, they'll bring back Marilyn Manson ain't my girlfriend, but they'll sing Army Hammer ain't my girlfriend instead because <laughs> if they went on tour like right now, it'd be a big hit. Because he literally is a cannibal. Well, or he's accused of it. <laughs> the greatest headline was like that I was scrolling through where I was just like, oh my gosh, ev- every single headline is just an Onion article now. Right. Was like that Paramount like released him from, there was like a new Godfather TV show coming out based on his cannibalism allegations. And I'm just like... This is real life. The Godfather How isn't based is on his cannibal no. allegations. He's been released because of his cannibal allegations. Correct. And I'm just like, how is this? How is this? Headline because news? 2020. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that reminds me, like, uh, all the news about Marilyn Manson that came out just right. right before, a couple days before we started recording this. We talked about it. I meant to bring this to the top of the show, but um, we talked about it when we did the song My Girlfriend the allegations that Evan Rachel Wood had against an abuser that she had been in a relationship with and she had never named Marilyn Manson, but it was pretty clear it was. And now she's officially come forward and said it was Marilyn Manson. And like even Rose McGowan, who also dated Marilyn Manson, has supported her and stuff. And Marilyn Manson's been dropped by his agency and by his record label and all this stuff. And he came out with like a basically a statement saying like, you know, this is people twisting the truth or whatever but who but i haven't really tweeted about i retweeted one thing someone said about how youth pastors turned out to be right about marilyn manson (laughs) right but i didn't feel like making jokes about it and stuff on our twitter or really even commenting on it too much because it felt um exploitive to do that from our social media to try to like feed off of this moment that's actually pretty serious but I just was, did want to mention it. You know, he's a scumbag. He's a bad person. And as stupid as my girlfriend is, it was a correct target. Like the idea of like yeah. equating listening to bad music, listening to, well, I'm just going to call Marilyn Manson music bad music. The song, we're doing a mini follow up to my girlfriend <laughs> pod right now. The, the equivalency of saying she believes in sin because she listens to, you know, if you're music a Christian, that's... you believe in sin. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like it's just if you're... I think we mentioned that. Yeah, then, yeah, if you're not a Christian, you're like, yeah, sin's not a thing. But but, equ- <laughs> but equating that just because she listens to Marilyn Manson music, the character in the song, it makes it means she believes in sin. <laughs> right. And equating that even if you listen to secular or music that is directly counter to Christian ideas, like attacks it, that somehow that makes you, a, you know, sinful and means you don't believe in God... That's the wrongheadedness of it. But as far as using Marilyn Manson as the target, hey, totally sure. vindicated. Yeah. Just yeah. like Spider-Man. <laughs> so. I like to think about if if Reliant K was like around in the 80s and if instead they were making it like about an 80s group, like who would they pick? Like Judas Priest or Kiss <laughs> or Alice Cooper <laughs> or someone. Right. <laughs> and that would be misguided. But like, turns out... Picking Marilyn Manson for the subject of the song actually was actually is a very bad person. Yes. So, 
now away from Wh- whoever, that girlfriend and on to whoever, this girlfriend. Who's Evan Rachel Wood dating right now? I don't know. Is she, she, is she bisexual? She is. So whoever she's dating right now could sing this song about Marilyn Manson. There you go. For some reason, when I haven't listened to this song, My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, if I haven't listened to it in a while, in my head, I cannot sing it without singing it to the tune of Rock Show by Blink-182, and I don't know why. You think it's just a similar cadence? I don't know. It's just a thing that my brain does. Huh. It's really weird. I don't know if this this is... I don't think that this is like a pressing on some 41 thing. I don't think... No, no, no. Because this I don't feels think like there's a pre- any... Um, okay. No, there aren't any musical similarities. Just, just for it some just reason It occupies the brain. same place in your brain. Exactly. They just get confused. So even though I said that this is like... probably, It is probably the cheesiest song on Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it has to be. Um, it's still like a really classic, Reliant K riff, like that opening. Like that's just so mm-hmm. strongly, clearly Reliant K. Yeah, I love is, all the chunky guitars in this and all that chugging. Did I get that right? Is it chugging the little sure. like, thing that yeah. they do with the guitars? Sure, I guess. <laughs> You're supposed to be the one that knows more about music. That's how this works, Danny. I could just be confident and say, you are correct. And then <laughs> someone can call us up and be like, it's not called, ch- that's not what chugging is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, especially when you compare this song to, when not compare, but when you place this song on the album where it is, like with, um, let's see, what are the songs? <laughs> Whoa, sorry. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I went to my music app to see what the songs are. So yeah, the worst thing to beating a dead horse is betting on one, and then that goes into my... Whoa, no. Danny. (laughs) So the the, the going from the worst thing to bet on is a dead horse, the the worst thing than beating a dead horse, going from that song into this, it is so classic. Like, this is a three... Taking aside... Putting aside the fact that I'm kind of criticizing the lyrics and the message of the song a little bit, this three-song stretch of Dead Horse, Girl's Ex-Boyfriend, and More Than Useless is a pretty good three-song stretch. Especially because, like, all of the... They all seem of a kind, but they're... Like, they all kind of fit. They're all, like, clearly written in a similar vein and and have that same type of reliant they're that same type of reliant k song but they all have a little different persona and um i would say like maybe my girl's ex-boyfriend is the redheaded stepchild of the three (laughs) i i think that i'm so defensive of this song and so that this song to me is, is is a beloved song because this was a massive teen jessica jam like riding around in my yellow bug blasting reliant k on my way to youth group dreaming of the day that a guy would be thinking about how he owed it all to my ex-boyfriend and all that other great teen angstiness right so it holds a very special place in my heart because of that yeah um yeah, and you so I'm like, that. what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not cheesy. This is a great song. No, it's still. I'm looking at it objectively. It's still cheesy. It's fun, and it's it's also sweet. You could pick it apart, but it's still cheesy. You know what I mean? It's. I'm not trying to take away from. It's because it is exactly that. It's because it speaks so perfectly 
to like angsty teen relationships. That's what kind of makes it cheesy. The same way, even though it's a problem, that Mood Rings actually does speak. It doesn't. We talked about it in our Mood Rings episode. The song Mood Rings is most beloved by girls, the ones that the song yeah. is seemingly targeting. Right. They own it. <laughs> Women, when you watch mood rings being performed live in the last eight years it is the women who are excited to hear it played and the ones singing along and then then the one video where Tyson's like you guys are too excited to sing along to this song (laughs) so women own mood rings because they're like yeah we are emotional screw you (laughs) like we're emotional we're taking it back this is our song mood rings is our song so in a way like teens and people in relationships and relationships that have, you know, hurt them or uh, roller coaster relationships, they can own this song. And it's perfectly understandable, especially when you think of teens in 2004, 2005, who would hear this song. And I didn't think of it this way, like you said, but to say that this is kind of an inversion of a common pop punk theme. I didn't think of it that way, but it is because there are so many songs about like, why did she break up with me? She's an idiot. Uh, I'm going to prove her wrong. How do you like me now? All that kind of stuff. Why'd you put me in the friend zone? Why'd you put me in the friend zone? But to instead say like, I'm in a happy relationship and that guy messed up. You could almost picture it as like, um, he's actually saying that guy over there is the lead singer of another band. And he actually broke her heart. And he was an unreliable narrator like Joseph Gordon-Levitt from 500 Days of Summer. And maybe he sees it that the girl broke his heart over there but actually he kind of like drove her away who knows like there's all kinds of stuff there there's a lot going on in the song it's still like on its surface a very cheesy song in a good way like a 50s pop hit it's still a cheesy song okay you know what i mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's so interesting that they wrote uh, dare i say like a tender song and a song that in its own way, uplifts women at the same year that they wrote the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Because, wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Man, we got into, we're in the last, you guys are missing it. If you're not on our Patreon, we're in the last quarter of the book and that's where it really becomes a problem. Yeah. That's where it's really, like, it's... Because now, the book, and I'm not saying Relying K, but I'm saying the book, is telling girls how to be. Because before, it was just, like... In the absolute worst mid-2000s way. I don't think we talk about the book enough in front of the paywall, (laughs) but most of the book is just, like, here's all the girl types. It's talking about stereotypes of high school life. And in a way, that's kind of fun and cheesy and silly. Like, like, there's yeah. the rocker chick, and there, I always say rocker chick, but it's rock chick. There's the rock chick, and there's the band geek, and there's all these types of girls, and the cheer, the homecoming queen, all these types of girls. Then you get a whole chapter explaining these stereotypes of high school American teenage life. Kind of fun and dumb in a way. But then we got to this chapter that's literally four pages of girls, be nice to guys. Girls, be appreciative of them when they don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> And it's like, but at the same time, it would go back and forth. It'd be like, 
come up and start a conversation with us, but don't be, but don't start too many conversations with us. We don't want to feel smothered. Yeah. And I'm like, like, there's no winning. There's absolutely no winning. (laughs) It's like, hey, sometimes a guy likes to be asked out, but only during that time when he wants to be asked out and the rest of the time, let him do it. But when am I supposed to know when that is Reliant K? When am I supposed to know? (laughs) We know Reliant K didn't write the book. But uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's funny that both of those things came out in the same year. So back to this song, one lyric I always had trouble with was when she and I settle down, you can bet that he's gonna have to settle for less. Yeah. I had no clue he was saying settle for less. I thought it was something about being under house arrest or he was gonna be a mess. Like <laughs> a, I could never discern that. I could never discern well, that lyric. It's funny that that's the lyric. My lyric I could never discern is the same. I knew what I kind of knew what he was saying, but in the same part of the song, but it was a different lyric. It's when he goes that he's gonna have to settle for less. I've always sworn, and I know he wasn't saying it, but I thought he was saying fatty is gonna have to settle for less. (laughs) Like I know he's not. I know he. I figured, Danny, this isn't complex infrastructure known as the female mind. (laughs) We leave the body, um, the non-body positivity over there. (laughs) Okay, but he's also he's talking about the boy for the ex-boyfriend. Not the girls in the book who should all be ashamed because they don't know how to deal with a guy. Right. And heaven forbid you have red hair. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I knew he wasn't saying fatty is going to have to settle for less. But I, in my head, I was like, it kind of sounds like he's saying it. So it's funny. It's like that that MXPX lyric where he's saying sitting in my car, drinking from a flask. I know that's what he's saying. But it still sounds to me like he's saying Satan in a car, drinking from a flask. That's a great lyric, though. <laughs> like, I wish it was that one. It sounds like some, uh, it sounds like some, uh, hot rod culture art. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Spe- speaking of hot rod culture art and tattoos and things of the like, is there a way to search internet archives for the embarrassing posts that the teens of 2004 and 2005, like myself, really hope went away? I think like, so. I can only imagine how if MySpace was still active as the former MySpace, the like treasure trove of cringe we could find with every mm-hmm song. I think so. That's actually a good idea. Now that I think about it, well, first of all, I know that the official Reliant K page, for some reason, was not captured by the Internet Archive. And it really stinks. Like, you can't go back and look at Reliant K's website at all. I don't know if something about, like, the web server that they use blocked it or what. Mm. But when you type in ReliantK.com, it's, like, no results across every decade. So it sucks. But... I remember the X-Files files, the podcast where Kumail Nanjiani uh, went through every episode of the X-Files. And he actually, like, didn't get that far before he got really famous mm. with with uh, The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing Marvel movies and stuff now. So he stopped doing the podcast, like, after a year or two. But part of his, part of their every episode was he would go through old chat boards somehow could find actual chat boards from the 90s. I think a lot of, like, the old IRC and old, like, um, whatever, the those old, really old, not even, like, web-based ones, but the ones that were, like, a whole nother... What were those? We need, like, a tech research assistant yeah. <laughs> who can help us with this. Now, I will say, I, can't, I did come up with a lot of deep dive stuff on this. It's just I wanted more of that cringe, although... 
I did come across a Tumblr that is all posts with that kind of aesthetic. The like ripped jeans, dyed black hair, desaturated, sitting in a hallway, looking off to the side with this like sad contemplative look aesthetic. And like, man, am I glad that as a society we have moved on from that? Like at least even sad boys have moved past that like Zack Snyder look in in their <laughs> in, in their posts. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, I mean, sorry, I'm just going back to what you said, because it, it's surprising. I didn't think of this to think that it is like this, this song does get some bonus points for inverting a problem in the same type of music at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's still written from the, and like I said, you could pick it apart and you could say, oh, well, this is written from the guy's point of view. But then sure. again, sure, it is because he's a guy and he's, but he's trying to write a song that is different hey, from hey, hey. the toxic he, stuff in the he scene. He could have pulled a Taylor Swift folklore. Right. And written from the non-gender that he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still... That's also, though, not just not common. Matt Heeson style. Yeah, not It's also just style. not his particular his his particular style. He, he pulls a lot but from also, his own life and his music, so... Yeah. And I wonder if that was even a consideration when he wrote this song. Uh, because one other thing I was going to say is, like you mentioned earlier, like that he's the narrator of the song. One one of my talking points was that I'm not entirely convinced that this is a confessional, literal Tyson song. Hmm. Oh, we will talk about that when we get to song meanings. Okay. Or maybe it's not even song meanings. It's something that I pulled up on. Maybe it is song meanings. So, yeah, I'm not like entirely convinced because we're used to the idea that so many of Matt Thiessen's songs are confessional and there's all that literal Thiessen that's what we call it um but to me I just sort of assume that this song is a little bit of a story it's just a little bit of a fiction it's just taking a trope in music and writing it from a different point of view I'm not really convinced unless there's proof or interviews elsewhere out there that say this is actually something he had experience with i think it's a common idea it's like a perfectly reasonable thing that anyone can imagine if they have any experience in relationships and be like you know just to imagine that this is something that could exist and then to write a song from that point of view um where so many others and that might be part of the reason why the song comes off as kind of cheesy to me because so much more mm -hmm, seems like much deeper and more philosophical and more spiritual that this song comes off as this much more surface level kind of relationship song and i don't think there's another song that's sort of this surface level cheesy this is you know what maybe it was wrong to say that this is like the mood rings or the marilyn manson or the my girlfriend of this album this is more like the the faking my own suicide of this album. You know what I mean? Like faking my own suicide is obviously a fiction. Yeah. But it's kind of like a silly, goofy fiction. And you know what? It's also problematic. It's also though. problematic. I was going to say, like, <laughs> it's also you keep bringing up all of these problematic songs with this particular, very non-problematic song. So the thing is, maybe all of those songs I mentioned, Mood Rings, My Girlfriend, Faking My Own Suicide, and even this one, are all of a kind where it's these like fictionalized, uh, not really, you know, very 
broad, very easy to understand from anyone's point of view ideas that are all problematic, except for this one. Out of the four, this is the least problematic. Like I said, you could dig and be like, well, why do we have to hear about it from a guy's point of view and all that stuff? But still, that's like apples to oranges in terms of the problems with the other three songs I'm talking about. Anyway... Yeah. <laughs> and how, how do you like that uh, that Beach Boys outro? We get another Beach Boys Teeson at the I end of the song with the sleigh bells and the woos and the It's so good. The melodies, yeah. The harmonies. Yeah. This is a great song. It is a really good song, yeah. Um Yeah. We have you know we've touched on it, but like the other thing maybe I'm a little shy on it for is like when I met Jessica, she was dating somebody. I don't want to get too much into this, but she was <laughs> dating somebody. And I really liked Jessica, but I didn't like make moves for her in like a Machine Gun Kelly way. <laughs> <laughs> we were just friends and she had a boyfriend and I didn't wasn't I didn't like make my intentions known. I was like, we're just friends, whatever. And then he broke up with her and I was you know, and then we didn't start dating right away, but it was like clear, like we really cared about each other and we eventually started dating and she broke up with me cause I was way too clingy cause I hadn't read the complex infrastructure known <laughs> as the female mind and inverted the genders. And then we go back together and, and, and it's been flowers and roses and love ever since. But part of me is also reticent to like literally think this, the message of this song. Cause I'm not like, I'm not exactly like, I owe it all to that guy. I'm more like, fuck that guy. He was a piece of shit. He was a major piece of shit. So, like, I don't really want to... I don't owe him anything. You know it's what I mean? It's true. Yeah. So, pardon When you me. look at it that way, yeah. Yeah. So, that's another reason why... And in, over the years, we've, we've thought fondly and cutely about the message of this song. But as the time has gone on, and we've gotten further away from that version of us, like, the, like two goofy kids that we were I mean we're still goofy but you know what I mean like all that stuff right as I've gotten moved along I'm like well you know we're adults and we've built a life together and like I don't know that guy anything like that guy's just a scumbag like I don't owe him anything right yeah (laughs) exactly so there's that and then what else did you want to talk about with the song did you want to go over any more of the lyrics or are you ready for for a break and deep dive yes i'm ready for a break i guess i'm i'm just quickly looking over the lyrics okay um oh two things on the lyrics one is that this also brushes on that matt Thiessen theme which is usually very strong but is only lightly touched on here of the i'm so undeserving of her thing the like mm-hmm. the meek Matt Thiessen to a woman and I've touched I've said it before and it it comes up a lot in other albums it comes up you know a bunch of times in Forget Not Slow Down but I don't think it's healthy (laughs) to be like so strongly in the like I understand that it's romantic in a way in its way and stuff Whip Thiessen is my favorite Thiessen Meek Thiessen Whipped Whipped Thiessen it's not even a whipped thing it's not like that but the meekness of like, or not even meekness, because that still comes off as a little too like <laughs> male rights. That's not what I'm trying to touch on. It's like the self-flagellation, the insulting yourself because you think it it boosts the love that you have. The like saying I'm unworthy, I'm scum, I'm nothing. Why do you even love me? You know what came up? I just thought uh, Magnified Pod just started their third season, 
and they finished, you know, they did MXPX, they did Five Iron Frenzy. Now they're going to skip around and do a couple of different tooth and nail skate punk bands who have shorter discographies and put them all into one season. And so some of those bands have much more, uh, like, hard religious lyrics than MXPX and Five Iron Frenzy even have. So on the first Slick Shoes album, there's this song that's basically, and this is such a common Christian thing once I kind of thought about it and I started to connect it to this way that Matt Thiessen writes about relationships. It's like this common Christian thing of like, I'm nothing, God. I'm scum. I'm worthless. I'm a piece of garbage. Why do you love me, God? And there's certainly like, that makes sense in its in its way. Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to, make yourself small in front of the Lord and, and be humble, humble yourself in front of the Lord. But when magnified pod talked about it, I'm like, yeah, there's this unhealthiness of where you think you're making yourself humble in front Mm -hmm. of God, but you're just attacking yourself and you're purposely trying to think of yourself as worthless and scum. And why does God love you? Instead of saying, yes, God loves me because I don't succeed and I'm not always a good person, but God still loves me. And that's what makes me happy. And that's what makes me become a better person inside instead of the constant self-flagellation, like right. literally like monks, like actually taking whips and, and scarring their backs and stuff. So there's a similar thing here that I hear, and this can go in all ways in relationships. You can go with guys to girls and girls to guys and guys to guys and girls, whatever, like making you thinking that you are worthless because the person you're in a relationship is so much better than you. It's not fair to anyone involved. It's not fair to yourself because you should you if you need to love yourself for others to love you it's not fair to the other person who loves you because if you're constantly putting yourself down then that person who loves you is like why do you do that because i love you and it's like you're looking me in the face and saying your love is stupid because i'm worthless and it makes the person who loves you feel like they're wasting their time so love is supposed to make everyone feel loved and not feel degraded now it's not that heavy in this song (laughs) right i just brought this up as a talking point it's very it's very small in this song where he says along comes me this undeserving mess not a big deal. It comes up. It's a lot harder theme in other Reliant K songs, but I just wanted to touch on it again in this song because I thought, especially because I thought of it with the magnified pod slick shoes connection. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you take the religion out of it and just look at it from a relationship like kind of standpoint, no, you're absolutely correct. Like everyone should feel equal in a relationship, and I, I think that it's just um, being uh, when you have that like sort of personality type which obviously this is something that comes out so much in in matt teeson's songwriting about that like not feeling deserving of of things especially when it comes to being with like a partner or whatever like as someone else who has their own like uh, issues with self-deprecation i it's so nice to see from especially as a teenage girl feeling those feelings to and not seeing um like males feel that way and seeing sort of males being put more up on like a pedestal Mm -hmm. to see and hear like a guy feeling like the way that i feel right you know of like oh and then there's me just like this absolute goober comes along and like gets the guy for once or whatever you know which like felt like it never happened so it was like nice to hear uh, like to commiserate with someone else 
of the opposite sex to know, hey, he's going through like the kind of same things that I would go that I go through and things like that. Right. So I think that's why I don't I see what you mean about that particular point. But I'm just saying where like I kind of come at it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I say all this from from knowing it myself. Like, I felt this. I felt unlovable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm not saying this like I've somehow got it all straightened out. I feel like I've only gotten it all straightened out in the last couple of years where I realized that self-hate sometimes feels good. It feels humbling to in relation to why would someone love you? But I've realized it's not only unhealthy, it's unfair to the person that loves you. And I'm talking about you. Like, I try not to hate myself in relationship to you loving me because I don't want you to think that your love for me is worthless because when I say like I'm so worthless I'm so stupid why do you love me I don't say this very often anymore I think I have said this in our relationship before but if I say that then I'm like I'm I'm challenging you not to love me and that's not fair and that's kind of what's this point of view kind of pushes and I think and and just to connect it to the fact that Reliant K is a Christian band and comes from the same Christian uh, way of thinking in other songs where it's like, God, I'm so stupid. I'm so worthless. I'm such a piece of garbage. I'm so sinful. Why do you love me? It's like you're challenging God. There's you, there's a line where you should you say that and like you're, yes, like, thank you, God, for loving me because I'm so sinful and because I feel so worthless. But then there's a line that sometimes it feels like some songs cross, like this Slick Shoe song that Magnified Pond was talking about where it's like, I'm so worthless. I'm so sinful. What is wrong with you, God? Why do you love me? That's and, and you, people certainly don't mean that when they pray it, but there's a line that I feel like ends up getting crossed, and I definitely feel like I was kind of pushed to think that way by some mm-hmm. churches. And I've talked about it in past episodes, but I didn't go to one denomination my whole life. I went to multiple different kinds of denominations, ones that wouldn't necessarily be considered evangelical, ones that were more Protestant, ones that were more Reformed Catholic. So I've had a whole smorgasbord of of how to think of Protestant christian prayer and and all that stuff so there were some churches that pushed that idea on me other times there were churches that didn't whatever jessica thank you for loving me thank you for loving me you're welcome and i you're worthy of my you're worthy of love and what what do you think you think i'm worthy Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And listeners out there, (laughs) you you. are all worthy of love. (laughs) And we'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go make some more coffee and listen to Ticket to My Beautiful Letdown. (laughs) We have to make that. We have to. Oh, has anyone made that? Because isn't. What's it called? Tickets to my downfall. Downfall. But isn't beautiful letdown just like like guitars on the bottom of a pool as well, or what is it? It's oh, just... yeah. <laughs> we'll look into this and we'll be right back. <laughs> if you enjoy Sadie Hawkins Pod, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and interact with the show by calling our voicemail line four zero two nine five Sadie. You can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our Tee Public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers, including two brand new designs following in the history of all of Reliant K's logo parody merch. We have a Chick-fil-A parody design. 
And to prove to everyone that we are in fact the most punk rock podcast, we have a new Black Flag logo parody. You know, something that's original and that we could really call our own for once. We also want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy, Pod, Roxanne, Samantha, Helen, Michael, Connor, and Joel. You can sign up at our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from KS for Karaoke and reading through the Complex Infrastructure book. Ooh. Treat yourself right in 2021 with Sadie Hawkins Pod, the door to a happy, healthy life. <laughs> and we're back. So there was a lot of, is she still hung up on her ex and like how to tell if he's talking to his ex relationship articles and quizzes that popped up Okay. in this search. Uh, but we do have some song meanings. Napasa, 15 years ago, said, I think the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, but I just wanted to say that I think this is one of the sweetest songs I've ever heard. Aw. Jolly Roger, 16 years ago, wrote, Correction. When he left all that to breathe, when she and I settle down. So I guess that the song song meanings, the lyrics that are posted at the top are incorrect. Oh, what does it say? Does it say debris? Well, that's coming up. Or left all that to breathe? Is that the alternate one? What's- yes. So the thing is, is that there's a there's like a debate in here about the lyrics. The lyrics are in the book. Right. This isn't so here for free. Yeah. Whoever put this on song meetings could have just taken the lyrics right from the booklet. So J Carr 2A 16 years ago in a general comment wrote two years ago when he left all that debris, who would have known he would leave everything I need. Then Bo 99 16 years ago in a general comment wrote at Jolly Radar the submitted <laughs> lyrics were the official ones that Matt Thiessen posted at the RK forum via another member. Of course, not all official lyrics are correct. Hmm? The Grey Walrus 16 years ago said, has anyone commented on the song yet? No? Well, I'll take the time then. The song's funny, but with a serious <sighs> side. I like that Reliant K has really grown up. <laughs> I mean, they had. is definitely a step up. In maturity. Sodi Chick, 16 years ago, said, isn't it two years ago when he left all that debris? Hmm, I'm probably wrong, but I think it makes more sense to me. Anyways, sick song. What was her lyric? In this... Debris? Debris. 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 Okay. Uh... See, now I'm getting confused on your pronunciation. Sorry. Lib Herc, 16 years ago, said, in the CD booklet, it says debris. I wonder if the song isn't really from another person's point of view where Matt is the the someone I would hate to be. He describes the feelings that the unlucky guy would feel pretty in depth, not to mention that the one most prevalent theme on this CD is regretting mistakes, and this would fit in nicely. Well, see, there you go. That kind of fits my thing. Like, I didn't even think of it that way. I just thought of um, the fact that... Are we having, like, a... A uh, forest for the trees or forest for the cemetery or whatever it was. Yeah, but that was a, had a definitive answer as well. We wanted forest for the cemetery. For the cemetery. We wanted forest for the cemetery. I thought that's a much more 
beautiful, deep lyric, but it was, it is forced for the cemeteries. So now is it when he left all that to breathe or when he left all that that debris? When he left all that debris, left all the other. So because they both sound the same, I just want to make this clear. The lyric, it's in the booklet. It's on Genius. It's when he left all that debris. D-E-B-R-I-S. Yes. Meaning all that stuff around the ground. Which I also had a little note on that. Aside from the fact that people didn't weren't were debating whether that's the word. To breathe makes way more sense, though. Left when, the- because it's about a guy who's like, oh, I'm going to dump this girl and go on and do my own thing. And later he's going to realize that he left something so good. It's like when you leave a relationship because you're like, you know what? I'm feeling too smothered. I just want to be on my own. I want to breathe. Right. What is this debris that he's leaving? Her, her she's the her debris. Broken heart. That's what my comment was going to be. Oh, okay. She's the debris because first, because from the narrative point but of view, why would he call his own girlfriend who he loves so much <laughs> that's debris? What, that's what my note was. That is probably the most negative lyric in the thing is is to say he broke her heart and he caused a catastrophe for her. Mm-hmm. And her heart and her life and her everything around her was debris. Her her life had fallen into catastrophe. And it's like all of her emotions were scattered all over the ground. And she is the debris. From a narrative point of view, this song is sung from the new boyfriend's point of view. So he says, two years ago, when he left all that debris... He's talking about when he left her, when he left that girl there. So he left all that debris and her life was scattered and broken up. And he came along and picked up the pieces. And that was another point of view uh, or another talking point I wanted to mention was. And again, this is very light in this song. So it's not worth too much talking about. But the idea of like, and it's common in emo music and punk music and pop punk music from the time but the idea of someone coming along and fixing somebody else Mm -hmm. while perfectly like common in a lot of different people's thinking is like also not healthy you know like you can't expect someone else to fix you because they're just a human being and sure they might come along and make you happy and stuff but you have to work together to build a relationship together you can't just expect the other person to be perfect all the time and just be the one there to fix you so that's not a great point of view but it's so light and such a light theme in this song that it's it's only nitpicking to say that that's a that's a that's a problem but yeah he comes along and he picks up the pieces that are her so you're not a Coldplay fan then dan that song takes that, the Fix You song, puts that very, very heavily. And I was always like, this doesn't seem right. Like, sure, like, you, like a person, like, love fixes people. Like, love heals and everything. But the idea that, like, you repair an entire person from top to bottom as another person, like, that's not fair because people, ha- you can't do that. One person can't do that. It's, it's about the, the only person that can really fix a person is themselves. And God, but that person has to go to God to get fixed. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it's like humans can't fix wholly another human being like that. Or at least you can't expect it. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I said it wasn't worth that much discussion and I'm already going on too long. But I think it's debris because, yes, to when he left all that to breathe, I guess it makes sense. But from a narrative point of view, it's it's breaking the structure and it's putting the point of view on him. Like when he left all her that, so you're calling the girl that, 
and he left all that so he could breathe, you're kind of switching the point of view back and forth. To mm-hmm. say yeah. when he left all that debris that is her heart, you're you're keeping it on her. You're keeping the pain on her. And you're saying that he comes along and picks up the pieces of her heart. So that's a more, that's a better lyric, a more romantic lyric. Okay. The last one I'm going to read is from The Sewed Girl. 15 years ago said, I'm not much of a fan of this genre, but this song and some other Reliant K songs are rather good. It seems Matt is basically telling the listener a story and anyone is able to figure out what he's singing about. It's kind of an in-your-face song to his girl's ex-boyfriend. Thank you. Makes sense to me. And then there, there's even more debate about the, what the lyric is. And I said makes sense to me, but I hadn't been listening to everything you read. So was it good for <laughs> me to say makes sense to me? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention because I didn't. And when I was going through these before, I didn't click on the load more comments. I thought there's like so many comments here. So I'm just... I was getting my notes ready. So I wasn't fully paying attention to everything you read there. There's a lot of debate going on in the comments, so I'm just going <laughs> to skip to the next thing because we have more stuff to cover. <laughs> um, we have TikToks. Oh, of course we do. Before you get to the TikToks, massive song on YouTube. Not a lot of covers. Not any covers really to speak of at all. Like one or two, not like mm-hmm. well-produced covers. Mm-hmm. But hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shipping videos. Every Yay. fandom you can think of that was popular in like 2009 when people started, you know, I know the album's from 04, but I'm just saying in 2009 when people really YouTube started. YouTube is really taking off. YouTube's yeah. taking off and people know how to rip footage from video, from shows and know how to like use iMovie. Right. So you got Wizards of Waverly Place. You got Gilmore Girls. You got tons of Twilight. Nice. You got lots of Harry Potter. You've sure. also got like obscure Harry Potter. Like you've got Lily Potter and how um, her ex-boyfriend or whatever is Severus Snape, which doesn't really fit. But I guess like how he I don't he gets... think that that's obscure in the Harry Potter fandom, that ship. I don't but think any ships are obscure, obscure in the Harry Potter fandom. It's obscure fandom. when you want to put visuals to your YouTube video. Oh, I Because you've only true. got seconds of footage and and... Of, of Harry Potter's mom and dad and Severus Snape being with Lily. You've only got minutes of footage. And then you've only got like all the fan art. Yeah. Um, but so many, and like tons and tons of animes, tons of Naruto and all kinds of animes that I've never heard of. And I only saved one show. I didn't save any of them. I was like, we're past this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? As far as a podcast, like we've gone on the shipping rabbit hole of videos before, but I picked one and I'm really looking forward to playing this one shipping video. Okay. And then I saw you found one on daily motion. Yeah. That is, uh, that is Buzz Lightyear Star Command, <laughs> the Buzz Lightyear TV show. Yeah, it was kind of bonkers. <laughs> um, so, it, did you say that you wanted? Did you want to make that point for any particular reason? Did you see the TikToks ahead of time? Well, what, what I'm just thinking is, for some reason, no one wants to go and cover this song, but it seems like such a high concept song that people are probably dealing with similar situations all the time. And if it's on YouTube with all these shipping videos, and I think I found one or two where it was like a tribute to an actual boyfriend, and I definitely didn't want to bring those to the show, then I'm thinking on TikTok where it's even easier to match your video, your song 
to the thing you're shooting, mm-hmm. there's probably a bunch of like real life like breakup news. And I'm I'm guessing probably like breakup news or like so long sucker kind of like relationship videos on TikTok to this. Well, we only have three, and the first okay. one. I asked if you had seen, because it says, if you listen to this song during your AMV phase, you're elite. Well, there you go. And it's a a girl doing, like, overly dramatic emo lip syncing. Yeah, she's sort of got, like, 50s makeup, like, uh, retro mom <laughs> makeup and pink hair. So she probably made one of those shipping videos yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. This is, yeah. And then underneath it says, I love Reliant K so much, but much is spelled M-Y-C-H. Then we have a couple with the guy singing <sighs> to the girl while the girl holds the phone camera up and they're just sort of... Lip syncing the song yeah. while they lay on the couch. Everyone's got big, comfortable couches. I want a big, comfortable couch. <laughs> Our couch is comfortable, but it's not like an all-day couch. You, yeah, whatever. I don't want to share too much about our couch. See, and I, the... I want to go with a mid-century modern. Like... She wants to get even more uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> it's just meant for sitting and eating cookies, eating crumpets. And, and then we have a girl sitting in her car, headbanging, lip-syncing along to the song. And they replied to, to someone's comment, 24, smiley face, smiley face. Uh, hottest, ha- hashtag Spotify wrapped, hashtag 24, hashtag oh, okay. FYP. I don't know if that's their age or what that means. Good stuff. Good stuff from the TikToks this week. Then we're going to go back to amiright.com. Ooh. Now, do we have parodies? No, unfortunately, we have no parodies. But we have misunderstood lyrics. Oh, Danny, did you did you submit to this site for this song? Because the misheard lyrics, when she and I settle down, you can bet Fatty is going to have to settle for less. <laughs> no, no, you know, on here. You, you know that the only thing I put to amiright.com is that real big fish parody. Do I know that? Do I know that? Yeah, that was probably the best moment we ever had on this podcast. I don't know why we still go on. <laughs> but downhill from there. Yeah, so I'm sure lots of people have heard it that same way. Fatty is going to have to settle for less. It makes me think of a... Uh, Morrissey. He sings about fatty. Also, uh, Bad Manners. They then, sing about the word fatty. Right. Then Dr. Kyle, uh, at Kyle Plant Emoji, on March 31st, 2019, it says, Me, is this song about a girl? Punch. Or is it a song about God? Reliant K. Spitting out blood. Go to hell. Me, funny, that's what your friend said, holds up a picture of a bloodied switch foot. Reliant Kate crying. It's both, okay? It's both. And then he responded to himself with, my girl's ex-boyfriend is actually Jesus. And I thought that was funny. Let me read this. (laughs) This is more of a visual. I get it. I just had to read it over again. Yeah, I get it. He's he's got Reliant K tied up in his basement. And he's like, is I get it. 
maybe everyone else got it, but for some reason, like, I don't know, the reading, I was like, what? A bloodied switch fight? And I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. And I do think it's about both. That's funny, because I do think that, like, I see on Twitter all the time people, because I'm constantly looking at every tweet about Reliant K, um, people once in a while getting upset when they learn that a favorite, that people who didn't know Reliant K was Christian. Mm Mm-hmm. And learning that a song that they thought was like about like a mental illness issue that they had is actually about God. And oh. I'm like, and I've replied once in a while and I'm like, no, it really, it really is about both. Mm-hmm. It's really about both. It's like whatever you want it to be, but also like when the song is ambiguous enough to like not know if it's about God or a girl or if it's about a mental health issue or if it's about giving your life to God, it can be both. It can absolutely be both. There's a handful of songs we've talked about in this podcast where it's clearly only meant to be a relationship. It's not meant to be God or it's clearly only meant to be God and not a relationship. But there are plenty of songs like Be My Escape can really be anything you want it to be listen art is art just take what you want to out of it and if it makes you feel like any particular way like if it makes you feel really good if it's about a certain thing and then you later find out it wasn't about that whatever let it be about what you want it to be about yep like paul mccartney said live and let live (sighs) whatever it had a good rhythm (laughs) he's quoting the simpsons (laughs) Then we have fanfic. We have a Naruto fanfic. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) Ah, author's note. I know this is short and stuff, but I did this at 3 a.m. Anyway, enjoy and please review. And if any of these characters seem OOC, well, okay, well, then suck it up. Smiley face. OOC means out of character. Oh, okay. And uh, so, song, my girl's ex-boyfriend, Reliant K. When he was seeing her, you could see he's had his doubts. Now he's missing her because he knows he's missing. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, and this, this pairing is, and I'm going to butcher these names because I'm not familiar with Naruto. Uh, Niji? <laughs> I'm going to butcher these names because I'm not familiar with Naruto. Naruto? Naruto? And Sasuke? Sasuke. Yeah. And which one's this one? N-E-J-I. I don't know that one. I don't... I only, like, really read and watched the first year of Naruto. Gotcha. Then I was bummed out. So I come across this almost every week and I've touched on it before where there's an interesting looking link. But then I look at the URL preview and I'm like, damn it, I know this isn't going to lead anywhere but to one of those congratulations, you won sites. And so this one is signs my boyfriend still has signs my ex-boyfriend still has feelings for me quiz. And then it has, it says Reliant K is my girl's ex-boyfriend. And then it has like some lyrics and stuff. So this was at some point in time a quiz that has now been taken over by a Russian bot site. Right. Uh, However, I am excited because I found, albeit a super short Village Voice article from 2005 on Reliant K. Oh, okay. And it's titled, Ohio Bread Pop Punk Christians More Gallant Than Goofus. Sounds like my mom would have written that headline. <laughs> so this article is from Michael Wood, January 11th, 2005. 
Somebody told me you had a boyfriend who looks like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year, Brandon Flowers sings in The Killer's Big Hit. I owe it all to the mistake he made back then, Reliant K's Matthew Thiessen sings on Mm Mm-hmm, I owe it all to my girl's ex-boyfriend. The fourth album by these energetic Ohio kids. What? Does that Killer's (laughs) thing come back at all? No. (laughs) The fourth album by these energetic Ohio kids, unknowns to Chingy fans, but golden gods on the Christian pop punk circuit, a (laughs) constituency that recently debuted mm -hmm, inside the top 20. It's like someone put a bunch of words in a blender and was like, here we go. Uh, mm -hmm, Inside the top 20 is filled with wholesome... refractions of alt culture edge like that in I so hate consequences (laughs) I mean the sentiment is fine but the wordiness is like I work for the village voice (laughs) yep Teason spends last night tearing down every stoplight and stop sign in this town trying to outrun the traffic cop upstairs. In More Than Useless, he wonders, why am I even here at all, before finding reassurance in a keyboard line as crisp as a communion wafer. You you know what? It's impossible to write about music. Because can you imagine (laughs) reading this and be like, ooh, there's there's a song where he talks about taking down traffic signs. Ooh, there's a crisp keyboard line being like yeah i gotta go check out this album no like what's the point you just like this is a good album this isn't a good album like what's the point of pontificating upon things in this way yet despite the absence of blowjobs and 40 ounces <laughs> and black eyeliner what and then in parentheses Bezelbub they've got reliant k wait what they said yeah despite the oh the absence i'm sorry i got confused and said but did you say the abundance or the absence? Absence. I swore I heard you say despite the abundance of blowjobs in 40 ounces. Reliant K don't bland out into mere utility. I don't know what that means. Who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> Why does this exist? Yes, cool that Reliant K got coverage in the Village Voice. But who? Who, like... Who would read this and be like, oh, I got to check this album out? No one. No one on planet Earth. Oh, well, Danny, he, this writer is going to go back to uh, something you had talked about earlier. Thiessen self-flagellates as passionately as any emo infidel. And Matthew Hoops has mastered the holy trinity of major label pop punk uh. guitar. Chug, crinkle, and cream. Mm-hmm. Call him Jimmy Eat Right and Sleep Tight. <laughs> what? What? A f***ing asshole. <laughs> like, the, 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 the wordy, like, the, the, the little religious, like, pokes, like, that comes up. Whatever. People don't, like, they have no idea, so they just, like, oh, this is the thing I know about them, so I'll put in little religious puns. Whatever. But the pontif... What a... What... what oh. And then, I don't know why, but, so they show a picture, which is one of these from this promo where it was just... Before um, the John, before, when they were a trio for a very short amount of time. Yeah, so you've just got the two Mats and Dave. And then it says, singles going to church. What? Photo, David Johnson. Yeah, weird. The, the like, the underneath, singles going to church. They're implying that their single hoops was married then, wasn't he? I think so. Um, I, Dave Douglas might have been as well. I don't. 
I'm not 100% certain, but yeah. They, like, literally just had no idea. It was so outside their purview. They're, they're just clawing for references to make it make sense. A Christian rock band? Now, what? Danny, would you like to hear the reviews that this in particular writer has for, for anybody else, such as Florence and the Machines? <laughs> uh, Papa M, the vaccines? Oh my gosh, there's 78 pages of his works. <laughs> His, his review of the vaccines, like, you shouldn't get this. It's not proven yet. There might be too many side effects. Get it? Uh, there's a Vans Timely Warped reference. Tour review from 2012. I would love to hear that. <laughs> Especially it being later days. The annual all-day punkathon is crisscrossing the country this summer, largely free of the stunt cast mainstream acts it often features. That said, Warp Tour hits Long Island with plenty of solid B and C listers, including rapper Machine Gun Kelly and oh, Metalcore go. Misfits. Every time I die, see, we, we brought it back around. <laughs> yeah, we brought we it back did. around. As well as Nassau County's own Taking Back Sunday, who should draw a crowd as hearty as Demi Lovato's might have been. With all-time low, newfound glory, Streetlight Manifesto, Yellow Card, Pierce the Veil, Four Years Strong, Of Mice and Men, We the Kings, Breathe Carolina, Miss May I, <laughs> Falling in Reverse, Lost Prophets, and more. Oh, that was it. We, we had nothing else to say about that. Just here's a bunch of people who are going to be here that, that I, the writer, feel you've never heard of before. Wow. Well, now the Village Voice is back and it's owned by a super, super conservative uh, company. I wonder if uh, Michael Wood is still writing for them. <laughs> nope, he last wrote something for them in 2012. So, Well, there's that. Now then, in a Sadie Hawkins pod first, we've got porn. What? I had two different listings oh. pop up, and for the sake of science, I clicked in. <laughs> that makes sense. But there were like 20 videos on on the page, and I was not going to watch them all to figure out which one may or may not have used Reliant K's My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend. No, Maybe I, on Patreon, but... I feel like it's more like, no, I, probably not, right? Does it actually... It actually says it. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Weird. I was just thinking, like, the title yeah. sounds like it could be the yeah. title of a porno. But no, it actually, it, it's it's actually has Reliant K credited. In the lead, in the underneath the title, where it shows you the first couple sentences of the page. Yeah, it actually has that. Huh. Weird. Spooky. And that was this week's deep dive. <laughs> I was going to say it because I, I mentioned Kumail Manjiani earlier, but there was a thing where um, someone took the big sick and they uploaded it to Pornhub or something like that. But they made the title sound like like interracial uh, dating because it's, it's about he's Indian oh, right. and she's white. So it was the joke. And um, from that, it also came up that other movies had been uploaded in similar fashion where, like, The Room had been uploaded to Pornhub and it said, like, Guy's best friend cucks him or something like that. But then it's The Room. Right. So. Uh, Hilarious. Yeah. So, I yeah. It's funny. 
It just made me think like that. You know, you, you sounds like a title for a porno. My guys, my girl's ex boyfriend. Right. I get it. So let's go to our break. Just kidding. We already went to our <laughs> break. I was just trying to save myself from this awkwardness. I am going to have to run over real quick because my laptop, which had 100% before, is now down to 11% battery ever since I updated to uh, Big Sur. Well, um, this is a song that Reliant K has played a bunch, especially in 2014 because of the mm-hmm, 10 tour. But to be honest, like, they're all about what you expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing too shocking. I didn't find, like, any videos from the time of this being played. It seems like it was mostly just played because of Mm-hmm 10. Gotcha. And it's it's what you expect. It's, like, sure. post... Uh, I mean, they really had their whole thing down by Mm-hmm 10. Yeah. Like, whereas you'd get a little bit more differing sort of stuff going on in the um in the earlier days that uh there isn't no i guess maybe they didn't do it then the the concert the orlando concert that i was at it's not on there because they only did like five songs right no it wasn't on there but it's like a you know you have a post collapsible lung mm-hmm. uh forget not slow down voiced Tyson singing this song and it's i don't know it's what you can expect so instead, we'll just go right to covers, and uh, we have this acapella cover, <laughs> Jessica's favorite. This is uploaded by the Illinois Tech Acapella, 10 years ago, uploaded My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend by Reliant K. The Tectonics, the band specifically, is called the Tectonics, T-E-C-H, like technology, because they're a technical institute. Ready? get it. When he was seeing her, you could see he had his doubts. And now he's missing her because he knows he's missing her. Now it's haunting him. The memory's like a ghost. Jessica's really enjoying this. I want to take a picture. Jessica looks so disgusted. rubbing her eyes. <laughs> what do you think of that? I love our new setup where we can actually play the songs and talk about them at the same time. <laughs> Jessica just made a face like she ate a lemon. <laughs> Oh, look, they're rocking out. Wait, 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 wait. They all start rocking out and dancing at the same time. And I, I think I hear the crowd laughing. Fatty is going to have to settle for less. What do you think? She just does not want to talk about this. No comment. No comment at all. You're just gonna you, you're just gonna stonewall me until we move on. You want to listen to the whole thing from beginning to end? Maybe it's just because you heard little pieces of it. God, I hate acapella. <laughs> it's just like 
Is there anything dorkier? I mean, ugh. Well, maybe th- this is not really acapella, but this is just a vocal cover uploaded by Anon Voice, like anonymous voice. And it is a black screen with just audio. Okay. And he's going to do a cover. It sounds like a male voice. He's going to do a cover of My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend by Reliant K, with spelled with an A. Out. Now it's haunting him. The memory's like a ghost. And he's so terrified because no one else even comes close. He's the guy that you should feel sorry for. He had the world and he thought that he wanted more. I owe it all to the mistake he made back then. I owe it all to my girl's ex-boyfriend. So then along comes me, this undeserving mess. Who would believe... So intimate. It is. It's like a nice little shower cover. <laughs> it's like a. It's almost like an ASMR thing. If you just got it a little mm-hmm. lower. Well, here's an actual ASMR cover. This one's by a girl. <laughs> this is another vocal cover. This is Megan Sierra Thompson. Megan with an H. C E A R A Thompson. Nine years ago, uploaded this cover. The song I'm going to do is called My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend by Reliant K. This is a cover. I really like this song, but it's not to any individual at all. So, yeah. And Then she fumbles with her computer for a second, try, or her whatever she's playing the song on, and she's going to sing along with the song. Amazing See he had his stars. Now he's missing out. Losing, missing out. Oh, it's haunting him. Jessica's memorized. Mesmerized. That might be the most cursed thing you've ever played. Because <laughs> she's like, just just chilling. And just like, uh, she's not even like putting anything into it. Just like, you know, you're just sitting around singing along to a song. It's and she, she's like wearing a visor or something. She looks like, what's her name, Lily, Lily Reinhardt or something like that from uh, Riverdale, the girl who plays Betty on Riverdale. And it's just like... You used to have this, it's kind of a visor that's kind of like a cotton, almost corduroy-like material. Yeah. You used to have a hat like this. This is a very mid-2000s... It was a rip curl. Soft emo look. Okay, it was a rip curl, like... It, it, was, it was part... Beanie part like cap. Okay. Oh my gosh, I like have I do, a yeah, picture of like 2005 Jessica wearing that and like a Simpsons t-shirt. I should really find that <laughs> okay. and like flashing a cool MySpace gang sign, you know, because like, <laughs> I'm so hardcore. Well, while you go look for that, here is the Piano Dreamers cover. <laughs> Wait one second, Piano Dreamers. Well, this is where it's been uploaded as the Piano Tribute Players, but. In the cover bot way, it's uploaded as multiple band names. This is essentially the Piano Dreamers and their piano tribute of My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend.
So what do you think of that? Beautiful. Should we have played that at our wedding? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then the last one for covers, and then we just have a few fan videos. This is the Sparrow Sleeps. Nice. So in case you're it, it if so if you're not sleeping at night like we talked about last week sleeping, <laughs> then you can put on Sparrow Sleeps is my girl's ex boyfriend. Now this is weird. You know your little baby in in their crib, and you're reminding them that their mom used to date someone else. Like why would you do that? <laughs> What do you think? I think we got the Beautiful. gist of it. This turns it into a three minute and 35 second song. Wow. What's the original? Something like two minutes? I don't even know. <laughs> two and a half minutes. So it stretches it out like an extra, almost an extra minute. Uh, yeah, more than an extra minute. So, um, so that is covers. And now we can go on to two amazing... You know, there's a couple of things I found, but I just really want to focus on these two. So I found more Maple Story MVs. I found another. Remember Warrior Cats, that book series that we found. Oh yeah. And someone had done a lightly animated video tribute to that. Well, I found one where it's just a slideshow of Warrior Cat artwork along with this song. I found this one stick figure animation because stick figure animations are such a common, <laughs> such a common Relying K fan thing on YouTube. This is uploaded by Shrimpy39, but it's only 11 seconds, and they, mm. I don't know if this is just like an animation test for them, so here's all that happens. We'll watch it first, and then we'll describe what happened. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so, so what happened was... That should be an important video. It should be. So what happened was, you see two stick figure people. There's a black stick figure and a pink stick figure. So you think like, oh, this must be the boyfriend. One of the boy, one of the two boyfriends of the song and the girl. But suddenly a third stick figure man appears from the top of the frame and falls down and kicks the kicks pink the, one in the yeah. face. And she falls down. <laughs> and then he, she disappears and this two stick, this two who I guess are male. Not gender is a construct. It's even more of a construct when you apply it to stick figures. Right. But I guess with the two male stick figures now look at each other, they suddenly turn blue and green, and then it cuts to a picture of a puppy. <laughs> and the puppy picture kind of looks like the like an updated version of the of the Buffalo sixty six picture when, oh, yeah. about his dog, like. <laughs> Um, now I'm not sure which of these is going to rock your world more because they're both pretty mind bending. Let's do them both then. I wouldn't know. We're going to do them both, but I'm like, which one's going to be the one to start with? Should I, should I start Jessica? Should I start with the mind blowing shipping video or should I start with the mind blowing, uh, fully filmed fan music video? Fan music video. Okay. Save the best for last. 
So you may remember, and I can't believe this, I don't think this is ever going to happen on this show again. You may remember that when we did High of 75, one of the FMVs was this person in their college who is acting out the song. Yeah. And then it cuts to some stop motion construction paper of a sun and a moon battling. Yeah. And then there's a hilarious moment where in the middle of the song, there's the lyric that implies that they might break up if the sun doesn't come out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, in the video, he's texting and he breaks up with his girlfriend. And then he looks over at a picture of his girlfriend, which is a picture of Taylor Swift on the wall. Yes. And he pulls it down and he tears it in half. Mm-hmm. Well, did you want to visit that world again? Was that a little world you wanted to visit again? <laughs> were those characters you were interested to see what might have happened with them? Absolutely. Well, I've got great news because the direct, I'm not even kidding, the direct sequel to that music video is set to my girl's ex-boyfriend. Wow. It's one. It's the only two they did. And I'm so glad we happened to pick the songs in order Amazing. to follow this story. I'm excited. So it says part two. So we're back at the college campus. And here's the guy from the, this is the guy from the High of 75 music video. He has another He's doing picture his on his wall. Of his new girlfriend. Of his new girlfriend. And his roommate is over there. I couldn't tell who it was. He looks at the picture of Taylor <laughs> Swift that he tore up last time. He's taped it back together because he's missing out on her. And we actually flash back to the previous High of 75 music wow. video. And I guess that's his new girlfriend. And he. And then we go on. Oh <laughs> my gosh <laughs> and then oh my god more stop motion construction paper animation but this time it's the new boyfriend who by the way is his roommate at his dorm and oh no 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 we have we're not even seeing that yet i'm sorry i spoiled it oh ahead, i spoiled it you skipped ahead we saw in this construction paper cut out there in um like a like they were in wedding attire right. a minute ago. Well, what they what they did was they took the construction paper, but then they took like what I, I'm assuming are like uh, model pictures, like stock model pictures, and cut out the bodies and then put the heads of the characters on, so their own heads from the people who made this video, as well as the celebrities that and Taylor yeah. Swift that is playing the girl, and also this other girl who I can't tell who the new replacement girl is supposed to be. Maybe it's someone they actually know, or maybe it's a celebrity that I don't really know. I thought maybe it was like Demi Lovato or somebody, but I don't think that's I don't who think it that's is. Demi Lovato. No. So, the con- so the construction paper people. He breaks up with uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift again. Yeah. And she cried. So here comes the roommate. <laughs> <laughs> In a cardboard cut. I mean the yeah the paper cut out. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes off with Taylor Swift. <laughs> and his, his office is covered in Taylor Swift pictures three Taylor Swift pictures on the wall and then they actually went as far as to like in his phone in real life for filming this create a Taylor Swift phone profile and obviously set it to some phone they actually know so then someone calls and it says Taylor and it shows a picture of Taylor Swift amazing this is art <laughs> <laughs> and then he leans over and he kisses a picture of Taylor Swift and he walks down the hallway and there's the guy that broke up with her in the last video. And look, they're going to an amu- now we're back to the construction paper people and they're going to an amusement park and it's just a big circle with a cart <laughs> running around in it. 
They did great with the stop motion, though. I'll give them that. Like, yeah. it's cute. And so, you know, they go to the amusement park and they he wins her a prize. These are the scariest constructed uh, roller coasters yeah, you've ever seen. Really it just goes are. up into the sky. And <laughs> this is just one giant loop. Like, wow. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then this is Taylor Swift and the new boyfriend just sitting, holding hands, the construction paper version. And the guy comes along, and he sits back down on the bench and looks sad. How amazing would it be if they actually got Taylor Swift for this video? <laughs> that would have been like, whoa! How did this happen? <laughs> and I thought this was a everything nice else is the same. It's just there's actually Taylor Swift there right. in person. <laughs> This was actually cute <laughs> at the end. So it ends with the new boyfriend and Taylor Swift construction paper versions walking off, you know, off screen. They're happy together. And then the sad boyfriend comes. He sits down, looks sad. And then the the, the storm clouds from the Hive 75 version that, that literally fought the sun, they come along and they beat him up. <laughs> They're like, hey, what are you doing, loser? And that's it. That's the last time. Oh, I didn't say, but that's Sean O'Brien. That's Sean O'Brien's YouTube page five years ago. Good stuff. So please go check out their entire oeuvre of... <laughs> no, Google Fi. <laughs> so go check out their entire two-part series, and maybe Netflix will pick them up for a continuation. It's good stuff. So we'll finally end on this. I guess that was good to go through that because that took a lot of explanation. This one... Has a much shorter explanation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. You know, sometimes... Oh, my it... gosh. I heard Danny listening to this and, like, losing his mind last night because I heard him listening to, like, his research because he wasn't wearing headphones. Right. So I, I would hear his reactions, and I'm like, oh, man, I just can't wait. So this is uploaded by Batgirl595. And this is, you know, sometimes when you see a fan music video or an AMV, it's not enough to just get right to it. They have to have a little theme song. So in this, they have the, uh, what's this song called? Paper Planes by Mia. Oh, yeah, by yeah. MIA. Paper Planes by MIA. And it's a bunch of quick cuts of different Batman footage. Uh, and then when you hear the, the bang, bang, but when you hear the gunshots, oh, shoot. I closed the app by mistake. When you hear the gunshots, it shows different. <laughs> it showed different Batman the Animated Series characters holding guns quickly flash between them all. Amazing. Each time. So I don't want you to spoil what the ship is. Okay. This is a bit of a crack ship. Okay. Okay. Crack ship being like two characters you would never like make sense to see together. So it starts with, and this is actually in continuity to the show. Um, there are no crack ships, Danny. <laughs> so in the Batman the Animated Series, you never actually saw it on the show, but it's implied that Batman and Batgirl, after the show ended, were in a, re were in a relationship together. Oh. And because by the time Batman Beyond begins, she's now, she's older and she's the, uh, the new commissioner. And it's implied that they were in a relationship, that Nightwing left. Because normally, Barbara Gordon Batgirl is with right. Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Well, the implication is that somewhere in between the original Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond, they had a relationship and it didn't work out. Well, 
this video by Batgirl595 is going to explain just what happened since it never actually shown on the show. So here you have different footage of Batgirl and Batman together. And you see Batman, Bruce Wayne with doubts on his face. And now he's Batman sad, emo Batman, because he knows yeah. he's missing out. And there's footage of them on vacation. This is what this is actually a shot from Batman Beyond when mm-hmm. he's looking at old files of his old girlfriends. And there he is with Barbara. And Bruce Wayne looks upset because he knows that he's lost out on being with Batgirl. Right. And who came along? And now Catwoman is the one that he thought he wanted more. Shows shows footage of him with. Sure. It shows pictures of him with Catwoman. That's who he thought that he wanted more. Yeah. So you know, so who's singing? Who is singing this song from this shipping video? Why, of course, it's the, the true role. It's the true love of Batgirl's <laughs> life, the Riddler. I, I just want to say that when Danny said it was like a Batman thing last night, and I guessed, I was. He was like, "Well, no, you're never going to guess this pairing," and I was like. Is it Catwoman and the Penguin? And he was like, no. I want to say that I feel like I was not completely out of the realm of crack shippiness. In that you picked two Batman characters. Yeah. I mean, you were that close. (laughs) (laughs) This is the same level of crack as that, though, I feel. Yeah, and this is so funny because the Riddler is only in, like, four episodes of the entire, like, 100-episode run of Batman the Animated Series. Wow. So they have limit, and Batgirl's in a little bit more than that. She's probably in a couple dozen episodes. So, so Riddler's sad because he's an undeserving mess. <laughs> and now he's happy because he knows he's going to start dating Batgirl pretty soon. <laughs> And here's Batgirl and Bat and Batman fighting and looking upset at each other. And they he does the, he or she I guess or they the person who made this video does a pretty good job of for a couple times making it look like Riddler's actually singing the song because it is just mouth flaps. It's not like highly detailed mouth movements on the animation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Bad Girl and Riddler forever. This is the craziest thing you had for me? This is not Transformers, Danny. This is not Firefox and Red 2 or whoever it was. (laughs) It's Bad Girl and the Riddler. How weird is that? (laughs) See, that was was where they... (laughs) <laughs> Look at it. when I see the images of Riddler and Batgirl looking at each other like they're together. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they go on vacation and he's in full costume <laughs> because they splice together some images. And there's only so much of Riddler out of his costume on the show. Well, now I heard they're doing a Batman the Animated Series new season for HBO Max. Do you think that they'll finally acknowledge what we all want to see, which is Batgirl with the Riddler? Absolutely. Yeah, they better. It's what the people want. Exactly. That's what I want. I didn't know I wanted. This awoken something in me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's it. 
I guess we should have ended with the Taylor Swift thing because you were not at, you you thought it was funny, but you weren't as floored by the Riddler Batgirl thing as I was. Listen, I read a lot of fanfic, so I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> oh well, well, what if it had been Supergirl and the Riddler? I'm guessing Supergirl from this show is even in less episodes than Batgirl, so they would have had even less to work with. Well, that's my boy's ex, my ex boy's, <laughs> my ex boy's boyfriend. <laughs> oh, we didn't even listen to the. You've heard the song, right? That was also on my list. But to listen to, the, I have heard my girl's ex boyfriend. No, the 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 Machine Gun Kelly song, my ex's. Yeah, it was it was in the, the the downfalls high. The downfalls high. Yeah, there's more details in that song. Like they kissed in New York in an elevator, and this is weird because you know my ex. Except in Downfall High, spoiler warning, it's not going to be that awkward. She's dead. <laughs> I think the implication in the actual song is she's still around. Wow. Like, I knew it was coming because I had it spoiled for me by... Uh, Punko's Pod. Punko's Pod. Danny put on um, an episode, their Huey Lewis episode, uh, the other day. And so I knew it was coming. And then when it actually happened, I was like, oh my gosh, we just cut to like cell phone footage from a car and then had a bunch of sound effects go off. Really? That's how like we're the, doing it this? It was like the Ed Woodiest way to do it. <laughs> it's like, what? Is, what? Really? This is, this is the choice? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, Jessica, do you like this song better, the same, or less than when we started? Um, I like this song... I guess the same. I dug it then. I dig it now. I'm sort of the same leaning towards a little less. Just because I looked at the lyrics a little closer. And like I said, there's nothing as problematic as a mood rings or faking my own suicide. But I I looked at it and I'm like, it's still still cheesy. It's still a cheesy song in a good way. In a way that's meant to speak to pseudo emo teenagers of the (laughs) mid-2000s. But yeah, it is a cheesy song, and um, I- I'll just say the same. But um, but it just edges out from liking it a little less. So uh, that's Reliant K, um, the band. Thanks for listening, and stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, and all you ex boyfriends, uh, watch out because <laughs> I'm coming to get you. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> What's it like dating Megan Fox? Is she a skeevy in real life? You don't gotta worry about that, girl. (laughs) Okay, can I hear that back? (laughs) What the fuck?